Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this week's episode of This Week in Crypto. My apologies, last week I was not able to get a news piece out because I was hit with a nasty bloody flu. But we're back and we've had a lot go on, so let's get started. Okay, we're going to start off with CNBC. New York just passed a bill cracking down on Bitcoin mining. Here's everything that's in it. Now, I find this very, very, very counterproductive. And it's very bizarre to watch the way that New York seems to be leading itself to dismay, avoiding technology and progress, which seems very unlike New York. But we continue to see wild things happening in that city. And we'll start the article by reading from it. Here you go. Following an early morning vote in Albany on Friday, lawmakers in New York passed a bill to ban certain Bitcoin mining operations that run on carbon-based power sources. The measure now heads to the desk of Governor Kathy Hochul, who could sign it into law or veto it. If Hochul signs the bill, it would make New York the first state in the country to ban blockchain technology infrastructure. That's according to Pyrenee Boring. Unfortunate name there, sorry to the boring person. Um, look, it's one of these things, right? I mean, it, it just, it, it, it blows my mind. It really blows my mind. The, the whole, this whole new push towards, and I, I say new push because yes, we know that we, we have to reduce emissions and that sort of thing. We understand it. But why are they picking at the grain of rice when they need a whole bloody truck full of stuff to make a dent in it? There's no issue with aeroplanes or cars or developments or or let's let's really whittle it down to something of similar size. Car washers. Car washers. A place where you drive your car in and the car wash spins around or you hose it down, all that sort of stuff. These are causing these are sucking up energy as well. Instead of going for the little thing that could make a big difference to people and their personal lives and having a deflationary currency. Instead, New York decides it is going to shut down this micro system for mining Bitcoin. And it gets even more silly. I read from the article once again. Lawmakers backing the legislation say they are looking to curb the state's carbon footprint by cracking down on mines that use electricity from power plants that burn fossil fuels. Of course, because, you know, we've got to stop using so much electricity. Get that? I've got that under control. But have they not looked at the fact that Bitcoin is actually the leading sector as far as going green is? Why? Because Bitcoin mining is a big business. Bitcoin is a big business and a big opportunity for the rest of the world to get involved with. The thing is, is that they know they've got enough challenges in their way. So if governments start to say, hey, we're not liking the green or not being very green, they are instantly making changes to try and cut that carbon footprint at a faster pace than nearly any sector in the world. So instead of punishing these people for trying to do the right thing, why don't you get with the program, New York and the world? Again, from the article, it is a sentiment echoed by Galaxy Digital's Armando Fabiano, who says that New York is setting a bad precedent that other states could follow, and we don't want to see this knock-on effect go forward. Now, the next part of the article actually has a heading that says the irony of banning Bitcoin mining, and I read once again, proof-of-work mining has the potential to lead the global transition to more sustainable energy, Boring told CNBC's Crypto World, pointing to the irony of the moratorium. The Bitcoin mining industry is actually leading in terms of compliance with the act, the very act they, they enacted, they put in place. 
The sustainable energy mix of the global Bitcoin mining industry today is estimated to be just under 60%, and the Chamber of Digital Commerce has found that the sustainable electricity mix is closer to 80% for its members mining in the state of New York. So again, coming back to my earlier point, the Bitcoin miners are in fact doing absolutely as much as they can in their power, or maybe not as much as they can, but they're certainly making a dent in it. So instead of saying, well done, this is great, okay, you guys are making an effort to make change. You guys are making an effort to make this a more green, sustainable future for your business. Let's get behind you. Instead of that, they're going, no, sorry, you're making too much effort. You're having too much success. And uh, we want to stay on the fiat system and we're going to ban you. Silly stuff, New York, silly stuff. Of course, that is my opinion at this stage. Reading once again, the state also has a chilly climate, which means less energy is needed to cool down the banks of computers used in crypto mining, as well as a lot of abandoned industrial infrastructure that's ripe for repurposing. That might make sure that some of these crappy old buildings out in the middle of nowhere might actually get used and start to bring more jobs to your city. Wouldn't that be a nice thing? And high-paying jobs too, for the most part. Now, I conclude it's down here when it says a countrywide mandate on mining. Meanwhile, and this is the big kicker, and this is why I've highlighted this section. Meanwhile, the Biden administration is formulating its own policy targeting Bitcoin mining with an aim to mitigate energy consumption and emissions. Why don't you look a little closer to home there, Joe, and have a look at some of the real users of energy? I don't know might seem like there's a little bit more going on out there than just Bitcoin, but why single out Bitcoin? You've got to look at the far-reaching implications of this. You'll see in the next article what happens when bans come into place. You cannot simply ban Bitcoin. You can ban it in your area, which takes any monetary or positivity value out of that particular sector, and it just goes somewhere else. Bitcoin does not die. Bitcoin miners just move on, and you guys have got to move on as well. Having most of the Senate, I believe, in the over 60 or an average age of 68 is making it very difficult for progress to continue to move forward in the right direction. Why? Because they're used to coal, they're used to dollars and cents, they're used to what they do. They're old people making decisions in a new, very modern world. They don't know what this world is about. It's a very, very sad state of affairs when you can see these elected officials are that old and that behind what the people need and want. I'll, I don't know what New York's going to do with this. It looks as though they may. Well, they got the opportunity to veto it. Of course, Miss Boring or Mr. Boring. There was no, uh, I'm not sure what the name was as far as uh, male or female or whatever other thing I might have missed there. Um, but at the end of the day, it's not a good look for New York and it's not going to help at all. It's not going to help cut greenhouse emissions. It will by a minute amount. But Bitcoin miners are already in the right direction. Don't do it, New York. It would be very, very silly for you to do so. And on to our next article, which kind of ties in with what I was saying about markets moving or, or companies shifting away from places that say, we don't like you. It's like, well, okay, well, we'll just leave. We'll take our money, we'll take our mining, we'll take our rigs, we'll take our tax dollars, we'll take everything away, and we'll go somewhere else. Now, speaking of going somewhere else, Crypto.com gets not in Dubai and FTX launches in Japan. Reading from the article, two of the top 10 largest cryptocurrency exchanges by volume will expand into new markets, with Crypto.com obtaining a provisional crypto license in Dubai and FTX launching in Japan. <coughs> Excuse me. Crypto.com said in March it would create a regional office in the United Arab Emirates largest city after it enacted new laws for crypto and created VARA with the goal of making Dubai a global hub for crypto. 
Now, as we look at Dubai and the UAE and what they have been pushing forward with over the last year or so, I suspect is probably the most pointy end of that stick. Um, they are welcoming crypto with open arms. They have regulation for crypto. They also have a very good tax scheme there if you are in Dubai. Dubai is a country that did take a chance. It is very modern. It is one of the most, well, it's probably the most modern city in the world, given the fact that it didn't even exist 30 years ago. So they had success. They're doing well. They're converting their, 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 their wealth creation and their platform from oil across to other opportunities for their country and countrymen. All right. Now, I'm, I don't know any of the details about how that actually works, but what I'm saying is that they are at the forefront when you've got New York, who was an established economy, who was just set in their ways and saying, no, we don't want anything new. You've got Dubai, on the other hand, who are saying, hey, listen, you know, we've taken chances in the past. We welcome the change. We're happy. We've actually, you know what? Here's a red carpet. Walk down this for us. Come join us. Here's some great opportunities for you. We'll fund it. We'll set it up. We'll put you in a good tax environment in many cases. And what happens then? Guess what? Business goes to Dubai and it is lost everywhere else around the world as these you know, these centers start to accommodate the crypto and blockchain space. As I say, markets and crypto will just move. FTX Japan launches, here is a title in this article. FTX, which has overtaken Coinbase to become the second largest centralized exchange in terms of volume, has launched FTX Japan to service its Japanese customers after it acquired the local liquid crypto exchange in February. FTX CEO Sam BF said that Japan is a highly regulated market with a potential market size of almost $1 trillion for crypto trading. Gemini Exchange reportedly plans... Oh, sorry. So, okay. So, cut. Go back into it. And then I'll finish that last bit. <laughs> so, we've got FTX launching in Japan. We've got Crypto.com uh, launching in somewhere. What was it? It said um, Dubai as well. So we've got a lot of stuff going on where the larger players are making moves and they're moving forward. Now, cut down to this part down here. So again, the main reason for me saying this is that good companies with good plans and good structure will move forward and grow. It appears that some other exchanges are struggling at the moment due to the bear market. Now, I can understand that they may struggle during periods of bearishness because volatility can dry up, fees reduce, and there's not as much activity. Therefore, it's more, more difficult to be paying your staff. The issue with this, of course, is that those that are expanding now may find pitfalls down the track if they cannot, if this market does go into a very slow period of time and there is not a great deal of volume. On the other hand, they might just take a bigger slice of the pie and come out the other side even stronger. I don't know the plans for each of these companies, but it's very interesting to see that Gemini Exchange reportedly plans to cut 10% of its employees due to the unfavorable market conditions. While Coinbase also announced in mid-May, it's slowing hiring to ensure it can weather the dampened market. At the end of April, the crypto-friendly trading platform Robinhood fired 9% of its workforce with its stock price at an all-time low as part of a, sorry, a wider market downturn. Businesses that are built around uh, a market, like a brokerage, like Robinhood, or an exchange, like, as it says here, Gemini, of course, there is going to be big shifts in revenue. 
as the market goes up and it goes down because a lot of what they do is they charge their fees in crypto and so on and so forth. I find it very concerning in many ways that the Treasury is not able to manage themselves a little bit better to make sure they're putting money aside for rainy days because that's how you run a business. You need to make sure that there is, when there's good times, you don't just rip it all out and spend it all. And I'm not accusing Gemini or Robinhood or Coinbase of doing that as such. I'm just giving an example of two companies that are pushing forward for their growth and expansion despite the bearish conditions and a couple there that are not. They are cutting their staff. Maybe they'll learn to smooth things out a little bit more so that their share prices or their token prices don't fluctuate quite as much as the market. Anyway, that is what happens in crypto. It gets crazy because things swing very quickly. Now we go across to CNBC once again, and we're talking about OpenSea NFTs and insider trading. The, the, uh, the title reads, former OpenSea employee charged in first ever NFT insider trading case. That's an interesting one. <laughs> we are here already. I'll read from the article. On Wednesday, prosecutors in New York's Southern District charged and arrested Nathaniel Chastain, a former product manager at the online marketplace OpenSea. The 31-year-old faces one count of wire fraud and one count of money laundering in connection with a scheme to commit insider trading in non-fungible tokens or NFTs, using confidential information about what NFTs were going to be featured on OpenSea's homepage for its personal financial gain. For his personal financial gain, my apologies. Each count carries, get this, each count carries a maximum sentence of 20 years in prison. Now, if I was Nathaniel, I'm not. I'm not Nathaniel, but if I was Nathaniel, I would be lawyering up heavy right now because what do we like to see in a new environment when something goes wrong? Especially if that environment is, you know, if, if, um, if you are within a jurisdiction or country or state or whatever it may be, that is, you know, where it's, a, where it's literally a crime. They will throw the book at you to make an example of you. It's often what happens in early stage cases to set a precedent, to make sure that people and the market is very much aware of if they do the wrong thing, they are going to get absolutely hammered. Now, hopefully Nathaniel learns his lesson and uh, whatever happens is not too over the top and heavy handed. Now, don't get me wrong. I am certainly not saying that, uh, you know, saying that insider trading is good. No, it's one of the most disgusting things in the world, I find, especially uh, when it comes down to harming other people. Now, in this case, it doesn't appear, based on the very little pieces of information that we have in this article, that Nathaniel was doing anything other than enriching himself, which is still no good, okay? It's still no good. It's still highly illegal, but it's not a pump and dump type scheme where you've got influencers that pump a coin up and just simply dump onto their members knowing full well that they're exiting for a profit and their members are not going to get a profit out of it. It can be a very painful thing and that is the absolute worst thing that this market does have or any markets for that matter. Coming back to the article, from roughly June to September of 2021, the indictment says Ch uh, Chastain, not Christian, Chastain would secretly buy an NFT just before OpenSea featured the, the piece on the front page of its website. Once those NFTs hit the main page, he would allegedly sell them at profits of two to five times his initial purchase price. The FBI, the FBI, get this, right? So here's a little snippet from this article. The FBI's assistant director in charge, Michael J. Driscoll, says the Bureau will continue to aggressively pursue actors who choose to manipulate the market in this way. Now, I wouldn't suggest that this is market manipulation at all by definition of the word. He's not actually manipulating the market. He is just straight up insider trading. So I'm not quite sure 
like what their understanding of market manipulation is. This is not market manipulation in my eyes. This is not manipulating the price of the market. This is just straight up insider trading. When you know something is going to list and will probably have a liquidity event where it will jump or fall if you are to use derivatives and short markets, um, this is just buying before the fact when you know something's happening, a clear case of insider trading. The last little piece of this article I'll read is there's a lot of chat about regulation right now, but what a lot of these bad actors are doing is clearly against the law right now. So we don't need new regulation for this to be illegal. It is illegal right now. Regulators don't need their powers expanded to be able to combat this sort of fraud and misleading statements, Sobrado has said. And this is the uh, data analyst, uh, London-based fintech analyst, uh, Boaz Sobrado. So we've seen fraud in many different ways. We've seen prosecution in many different ways. But this is the first bit of insider trading linked to NFTs that I am aware of. I'll tell you what, there are a lot of silly people out there and it doesn't matter. It could be crypto. It could be, you know, penny stocks. If you're that way inclined and if you're just focused on money at all costs, you are going to be doing silly things. And the message right here is you will likely get caught. On to our next article from Cointelegraph. Five reasons why Bitcoin could be a better long-term investment than gold. Okay, let's dig into this one. I read from the article. For years, crypto traders have referred to Bitcoin as digital gold. But is it actually a better investment than gold? Let's take a look at some of the conventional arguments investors cite when praising gold as an investment and why Bitcoin might be an even better long-term option. First of all, value retention. This fact has been well documented, and there's no denying that gold has offered some of the best wealth protection historically, but it doesn't always maintain value. The chart below shows that gold traders have also been subject to long bouts of price declines. For example, a person who bought gold in September of 2011 would have had to wait until July 2020 to get back in the green, and if they continued to hold, they would once again be near even or underwater. So yeah, that is a nine-year period of time where you've made nothing. But I tell you what, you've not just made nothing, you've lost. Why? Because inflation, it is ripping your savings and your investments. If they're not moving at a rate higher or faster than inflation, it is the silent killer of wealth. That good old inflation thing, we're hearing a lot about it at the moment. Could Bitcoin be a better inflation hedge? What a segue. Reading from the article, gold has historically been seen, <coughs> excuse me, as a good hedge against inflation because its price tended to rise alongside increases in the cost of living. But a closer look to the chart, sorry, a closer look at the chart for gold compared with Bitcoin shows that while gold has seen a modest gain of 21.84% over the past two years, the price of Bitcoin has increased 311%. While the volatility and price declines in 2022 have been painful, Bitcoin has still provided significantly more upside to investors, investors with a multi-year time horizon. And that's one of the things that I find is very tricky within this market. Yes, you can get rich quick in this market, but a lot of people have seen their paper wealth put them into a wealthy bracket to see their paper wealth decline outside of that wealthy bracket because they didn't take any profits. And that is exactly why I exist in front of your face right now is to help you to understand how to read markets so that you don't get stuck in those cycles. And the thing is, if you're looking at a longer term play, you're looking at more than likely based on history and history is no indication of future. Don't forget that. But historically, Bitcoin has you know, produced staggering returns if you are to hold for three to five years. 
depending on whereabouts in the cycle you bought in, of course. If you consider back in November, December of 2017, when Bitcoin was around that nineteen dollars to $20,000 mark, people that bought back then when it fell to $3,000 were feeling the pain. Then, of course, we went from $20,000 to above $60,000, and they 3x plus their money, even if they bought at the absolute highs. The period of time between those peaks and troughs was what? Uh, from the high from high to high, we're looking at something like, well, from 2021. Not, so you're looking at about four years in between those two heights or the peaks within that market. So longer term holds definitely does outperform gold in that regard. Something else in the article that touches on is that the dollar keeps losing value. I read once again. If various countries continue to move away from being US dollar centric in favor of a more multipolar approach, there could be a significant amount of flight out of the dollar, but those funds won't go into weaker currencies. Wouldn't make much sense there, would it? While gold has been the go-to asset for millennia, it's not widely used or accepted in a modern digital society, and most people in younger generations have never even seen a gold coin in person. Well, that's interesting. So gold, yes, it may be the flight... Uh, to risk off for the older generation, but the newer generation has no interest in gold because just the same as we say, uh, not your key, not your Bitcoin, if it's not on your own cold storage, well, you still got it at risk. When you're buying gold, there are very few people that actually, well, there are more now, but most people that own gold within their portfolios do not own the physical. So once again, that money you put into gold, sure, on a balance sheet, you own that gold, but you can't just redeem that immediately in many cases. So it's not quite mine, if that makes sense. And we want to own our own assets and be in control of our own future. Bitcoin obviously fixes that problem. And you can have billions of dollars on your little tiny wallet. Try moving around billions of dollars of gold. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would more than be happy to try and do that, uh, especially if I got a gold bar in return. Um, but it's not practical, is it? Another part of this article is Bitcoin is scarce and deflationary. In the article, it says that being said, it is estimated that there is still more than 50,000 metric tons of gold in the ground, which miners would happily focus on extracting in the event of a significant price increase. On the other hand, Bitcoin has a fixed supply of 21 million Bitcoin. They will never be produced. Sorry, they will ever be produced. <laughs> and its issuance is happening at a known rate. The public nature of the Bitcoin blockchain allows for the location of every Bitcoin to be known and verified. It just makes it so much easier. To conclude, Bitcoin is better than gold. On all of the measurables within that article, of course. I don't think it's a bad thing to own some gold as well. But if you're going to own it, I'd say hold physical. Gives you a bit more options. On to our last article here, and it's CNB, uh, sorry, CNN Business. One billion has been lost in cryptocurrency scams since 2021, FTC warns. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, New York CNN says cryptocurrency scammers have stolen over one billion from 46,000 people since the start of 2021, a new Federal Trade Commission report says. The vast, sorry, the vast majority of those who reported being built use Bitcoin to pay scammers. I've never heard that word before, built. At 70% followed by Tether and Ether. The victims typically are part of a younger age group. Those aged 25 to 40 are three times as likely to lose money due to fraud. That is my audience, for the most part. So please, please, please listen to the rest of this article. Nearly half of those who reported losing money to a crypto scam in 2021 said they were lured in through an online post or social media message. <coughs> Excuse me. More than half of the posts were seen on Facebook or Instagram. 
Fake investment opportunities were behind $575 million of all crypto losses reported to the FTC, far more than any other fraud type. The stories people share about these scams describe a perfect storm. False promises of easy money paired with people's limited crypto understanding and experiences. Experience. Again, guys, I get people asking me all the time, will you trade my money for me? Will you do this? Will you do that? No. Why? I don't want to. It's not my focus to try and trade your money. I, I, I really don't like it. I've done it before when I was much, much younger in foreign exchange, bonds, stocks, commodities. and It just didn't work for me. Don't like it. My goal, my journey, and what I'm doing is trying to empower you to make your own decisions so that you can spot what's real and what's not. And that's part of what this news item is about and why we always do something here about fraud each and every week is to make sure that you remain uh, vigilant because you'll get scammers in all sorts of ways, romance scammers. Um, you know, I'll send me one Bitcoin, I'll send you two. Of course, it sounds too good to be true because it is. These are people that are trying to steal from you. And by the way, while I'm on that topic, we have many imposters popping up left, right and center all over social media. I will never ask for your crypto. I will never be running an investment program where you invest in me unless you hear it come from my mouth and my face. And I've got no plans to do anything like that at all. If it's coming from a Trader Cobb handle or name or whatever, it ain't me. The places to follow me is tele uh, on uh, Instagram, at Trader Cobb. No underscores, no overscores, no nothing. We've got about 23,000 there so that you know you're on the right one. The second place is on Twitter, at Trader Cobb. Simple as that. The third place is on Facebook, at Trader Cobb. And the fourth place, you can actually join our crypto trading community, the free version, by just going onto Facebook and joining groups, Trader Cobb Crypto Community. That's where you find information from me. Of course, the best place to find information is at tradercob.com, where you will get access to free courses, uh, education, and a hell of a lot more, like getting discounts on your trading fees. You can join our Slack group. There's a whole plethora of information there. There is a course that is absolutely free, the purpose being that you can get started, start learning, see the style of my teachings, and if it makes sense to you, then you can go on and spend your money. Kind of like a suck it and see type scenario, and it's there so that you don't carry the risk. You can make decisions before you spend your money. We also have a 10-day money-back guarantee. What more do you want, right? What more do you want? The description below will have all the links that you need, and I look forward to bringing you more news in the weeks to come. Apologies for the odd cough here and there, guys. I am at that dry cough at the end of the flu type thing. I've done my absolute best to make it cough free, but there are a couple that have slipped in there. You have yourself a fantastic week, and this has been another episode of This Week in Crypto. Have a great week. Bye for now.